to the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast, a podcast on all things Marvel on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Don't Let Sharon Be Power Broker Steve. And this is Avenger Dave, and I'm totally believing she's the power broker. Sorry, <laughs> Steve. I've been writing notes all over the place. It's her. It's her. It's her. I know. It, it, <laughs> they made it so obvious. And uh, it's like, no. Is it too obvious? It. Maybe it's too obvious. I and think you'll so. all say suckers. It is so obvious it's, that it's too obvious. Yes. And I just Today, would hate for Peggy to roll over in her grave. Uh, well, girl's got to make a living. Oh, yes, she does. I'm telling you, there must have been like eight arrows pointing right at her. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. I right hear. <laughs> yeah. Today we're talking about episode three of Falcon and the Winter Soldier titled Power Broker, otherwise known as Sharon, written by Malcolm Spellman and Derek Colstead, who did John Wick, and directed by Carrie Scoglin. Again. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what an episode this was. Yeah. I just like, it reminds me of Fringe, more uh, questions than answers. Yes, absolutely. There was definitely more questions than answers in this episode. The people that were complaining that the last episode was just too slow, sure couldn't complain about that this time. <laughs> no, I know. I think they saved some money by blowing up a whole bunch of empty containers. Yes. <laughs> what can we blow up? Well, what's handy? Oh, look, it's probably left over from some set anyway, like iRobot. that's just empty containers lying right. around everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> you don't mind if we blow up a couple? Go ahead. Have at it. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, my initial reaction, as I said before, we're not we're not rating this, but if we were, I would give it three and a half octogenarian manservants out of five. Because I, I really like that guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like his sense of humor. I like how he liked that Zemo is really evil and he enjoys it. Yeah. <laughs> so good to have you back. Yeah. If only he did that little finger to his mouth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. Speaking of awesome, I love Daniel Bruhl. I, I started following him a long time ago. The subtlety in his facial expressions are amazing. Yes. When he tells him to shut up, he just lifts an eyebrow. Yeah. Or something. And he does that through the entire episode. The only thing that's out of character, which is probably so in character, is when they hit the disco floor. Right. That was so awesome. So ridiculous. But to our listeners out there, if you want to see Daniel Bruhl in his really early years, see the movie Goodbye Berlin. I wouldn't call him a child actor, but he's pretty young. And Goodbye Berlin is an awesome movie. Yeah, I enjoyed the episode as well. I thought it was... Some great back and forth between Sam and Bucky, as always. Always. <laughs> and it was great to see Sharon, but played <laughs> my heart's going to be broken because she is going uh, to be the power broker. <laughs> that would be a real switch. Yes, it would. That would be a departure from the comics. Yep. But you know what? We've already had two gender switch characters yes. already. So why not three? Yep. It's her. Yep. Sorry, Steve. Well, let's get into the episode, Dave. Thank you. To find the source of the super soldier serum, Sam and Bucky must scale a ladder of lowlifes, starting in Mandrapur with Zemo. So, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier's third episode, Power Broker, otherwise subtitled as Sharon, (laughs) takes a page out of WandaVision and opens on a positive note with an in-universe commercial for the previously mentioned Global Reparation Council. Those guys are starting to spook me out, really. Yes. It's like, that's a little too nice. They're a little too friendly, creepy. Yes, absolutely. I got a uh, creepastic feeling from this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the narrator tells us that we're to help you get back the way things were. We either a model reset, rebuild, 
restore. At least they didn't slam down an iron fist with the last part. Restore. Right. Oh, speaking of iron fists. <laughs> what? Have you heard this theory too? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it's coming. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm just going to relict it right now so you won't let me forget it later. Right. When they said the dissolution of Sokovia. Yes. They were talking about neighboring countries. Yes. And one of the neighboring countries is Latveria. Right. Do you know who the leader of that is? He's got an iron fist. Yes. <laughs> if they bring Dr. Dooman in this, I know. This, I, will, I will be so happy. Yes. I, first of all, I want to see how he looks because their their costumes are pretty badass. Yes, they are. And if they bring him in, I, all right, I'm going to go off on the nose. It's okay. <laughs> oh, the teasers are all over the internet. They did some filming in a mansion in Georgia. Right. And apparently, so this isn't a spoiler alert, but if you think it is, spoiler alert, this mansion is supposed to take the place of like a museum. And so everyone's going, oh, museum. Who would be in a museum? I don't know. Steve's like a museum piece. It's possible he could come back. Right. Or whoever was on set and at that mansion said, it'll blow you away. Right. Now, and I'm like, you mean like uh, Luke Skywalker at the end of The Mandalorian? Yes. Blow me away. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm either hoping that it's, uh, it's either Steve and we know that Chris Evans is signed for a couple more roles. I would prefer it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to be uh, Dr. Doom. But it could be, uh, I got another stretch is, speaking of Mandapar, would be Wolverine. Um, that right. would blow a lot of people away. Oh, absolutely. A lot. A absolutely. Lot. Because here we go again a little early, but Wolverine spent a lot of time relaxing in Madripoor. That's oh, that's yes. a tie, tie in there. Yes, absolutely. There's a big X Men tie in here. Big. And so yeah, anyway, I saw read one theory where they thought it's possible that Doctor Doom could be the power broker. I wished for that yeah. too. <laughs> I would be. So, that's even better, right? Because <laughs> I'd but, be disappointed if it was Sharon, but if it's Doctor Doom, like give him more power, right? And He's crazy. He was a head taller than everybody. If it was the guy at the bank, so oh, yeah, I could see that be being a Doctor Doom easily. Oh God, that would be so great. Yes. <laughs> well, we don't have to do any more. We can end the podcast right yeah. now. <laughs> So anyway, in real life, the GRC takes on a much darker tone. A van with with branding opens up to reveal John Walker, yay, who's infiltrating the cafe in Munich that housed the Flag Smashers in the last episode. And of course, he enters with brute force. Yes. However, the trail goes cold when the owner refuses to give up the terrorist organization, prompting an aggressively outraged reaction from Walker. Patu. <laughs> Hoskins insists they give up after finding yet another dead end. But not not our cap decides to forward forward and trying to find someone with a better hand. So Steve, with a better hand, if you're going to gamble, that's a risk. Yes, <laughs> and it's always risk for reward. What is the what's your reward versus the risk there? So if you're willing to exactly. take the risk, better be able to pay up. Yeah, and he makes the statement that well, if we get the job done, they really aren't going to ask how. Right. Yeah, nobody asks how if you get the results. Yeah, so your comments from last week about setting things up to make him look a whole lot better than he is. Yeah, yeah fake. Yeah, that really yeah. made me believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I, I, I got to imagine there might be a big one coming then, a big fake W yes. for Walker <laughs> that's going to come right back in his face as a loss. Unless, of course, he takes credit for something Sam and Bucky do. Right, which I'm sure he would. Yeah, he would. And speaking of Sam and Bucky, they're doing just that in Berlin as they go visit their old foe Zemo in prison. Bucky insists on going in alone, giving the history the two of them had. 
that comes out in their first encounter since Captain America Civil War as Zemo steps out of the darkness repeating the words he said previously to send Bucky into Winter Soldier mode. Oh, he's such a dick. Oh, I know. <laughs> and after Sorry, seeing... I just had to see it. See if it worked. Yes. <laughs> after seeing a glint of Bucky's old life in his eyes, the villain immediately figures out why he's there. He needs him. You know what, Steve? I think he bluffed a little there. I mean, oh, I what think else so was he? Too. Yeah, what else is he gonna say? Yeah. Oh, I see you got a little bit of your old self in there. And if Bucky's half a human, of course he feels the guilt. We know he feels the guilt because he's going around with the booklet trying yeah. to make some rice. And so this jerk <laughs> saying, "Oh, I see you're not totally there yet." And of course that has to burn. Yes, it is. <laughs> it was burn enough just saying the words to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First things out of his mouth. So we cut to a dark warehouse as Sam laments working with the man capable of doing so much evil, reminding Bucky about all the mayhem he caused in Civil War. And Bucky responds with a hypothetical <laughs> of breaking great. Zemo out of jail using the chaos of a fight between prisoners along with a handy guard disguise. I like how he, he's telling Sam in their timeline but they're also covering the timeline as it's already happening or yes. happened in his case. <laughs> and we didn't see Bucky there at all. So it was all Zemo was just waiting for the right time to get out. It was almost as if it was Machiavellian. <laughs> as Zemo enters the exact plan having happened, Sam is understandably irate, but Bucky pleads with him asking Sam to stick his neck out for the former Winter Soldier, as he did before. That's a big ask. It was a yes, big ask. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's what you do with a friend. He's got your back anyway. You just have to say it. Yeah. So, speaking of Zemo, was Zemo now part of the gang? <laughs> he shows up his family's collection of cars, eyeing and bagging a familiar purple mask. That thing is so lame, but it's so cool. <laughs> he re-expresses his desire to stop any chance of superpowered beings from becoming an army, be they Avengers or... Flag Smashers. The tour through Zemo's lap of luxury continues when they fly off in a private jet. My octogenarian manservant. Yeah. <laughs> so good. He gets his hands on Bucky's list. Don't leave that line around, dude. No joke. Yeah, where did he put it on the chair? Well, anyway, we saw it in the premiere of All the People He Wrong, which is revealed to be Steve Rogers, the original one from The Winter Soldier. Why that's not in his back pocket, I have no idea. Right. <laughs> After a brief I interlude. Zemo pickpocketed him. You think so? Oh, yes. Well, he is a bad. Oh, that bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thought. After a brief interlude about how great Marvin Gaye's trouble man is, Zemo preaches about how putting superheroes on pedestals have caused us to forget their flaws, leading to cities falling apart, war starting, and people dying. That's good. DC does the same thing, kind of. Right. Except the Marvel does it better, yeah. <laughs> I have to say. You know, it's because they give so much agency to the humanity in their characters. Right. And having watched four hours, at least two or three times, of uh, the Snyder version, you want to connect with them, but you just can't, really. Right, yeah, it's it, impossible. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it's fun, and it's yeah. better than the, the other one, but still, who are they? They, right. You know, the most human character in that movie was The Flash. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we then cut to Latvia, where Carly Morgenthau plays soccer with children at the GRZ resettlement camp. She's brought away to be bedside for an older woman, which is Mama Danya. 
And it, it's more of a tender side of the Flag <laughs> Smasher's leader that we've ever used to, as she tearfully apologizes to the woman and kisses her cheek, surrounded by other ill people. What Which is the uh, tried and true tradition of losing a loved one or guardian or parent. You cannot be a superpowered evil person or a superpowered good person without losing a parent. Or both. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> part of course, yes. Yeah. So the trio lands in Madripoor, an Indonesian island with over two centuries of lawlessness to its name. Not to mention the X-Men. That's right. <laughs> they come the green in, hangout. Yeah, they come in <laughs> undercover <laughs> with Sam having to gulp down a disgustingly drink with snake <laughs> organs to maintain his disguise. <laughs> I'm not going to ask for one of those next time I no. go out to the bar. But it's funny how everyone's undercover as pretty much who they are, except Sam thinks he's a pimp. Right. He looks like a pimp, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Zemo and, uh, scolds uh, him. <laughs> yeah, he scolds him. Only in America would they think you're a pimp. Yeah, he's styling. Yep. As Zemo introduces the power broker as the ruler of all things in Madripoor, they're approached by some seedy-looking individuals. Did you notice the uh, possible power broker was standing there at the bar with yes. a hood on? <laughs> yeah. Possible. Possible. Bucky is forced to go back into winter soldier mode as he easily dispatches many bar patrons. And the display gets them on the radar of the very person they're there to see. They head in to meet Selby, the owner of the bar. Also gender switch from the comic books. Yes. As discussed somewhat earlier. Yeah. Zemo offers her the Winter Soldier in exchange for intel on the Super Soldier Serum. She reveals what she knows, saying the serum was manufactured by Dr. Wilfred Nagel here in Madripoor. Now, of course, that was just a breadcrumb. If you want to know where he is, that's going to cost <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. But they're interrupted, though, by a call to Sam from his sister, Sarah. And Come oh, on, Sam. I know. Come on, oh, Sam. Are you kidding me? The gig is oh. I know. That was horrible. Does he never go to church? Does yeah. everyone stare him into church? <laughs> <laughs> and the guys get a saving grace when a mysterious shooter suddenly takes out Selby. Who could that be? Yeah, I wonder. But the bad news is they now have an exorbitant bounty on their head. Which is from the same person we are suspecting, I'm Could saying. Be. Or Sharon, too. There's still another theory out there that it's actually Zemo, and he's been running everything out yeah, of prison. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, were they saved by Sharon? The three get thrown in the line of fire almost immediately, Alola Madripoor turning on them. But more shooters take out their pursuers, courtesy of a surprise appearance from Sharon Carter! Yay! Because she was... They're all along setting things up. <laughs> That's one theory. Yeah. She is far from a friendly face, though. Resentful that helping them in Civil War made her go off the grid to Madripoor for the last seven years and make a ton of money yes. having artwork that no one can afford. And it's high town, not low town. But on, on, she's fine. Poor girl. Yeah. <laughs> Despite her hostility, she gets them off the street into her art gallery in the high town, as I mentioned. One of the assets from her from a uh, new role as a hustler. See? See, Steve? I know. So is it is it too obvious? Yes, I think so. Okay. Well, I'm changing with the so. new clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I thought I was a Sharon Carter fan. I'm just as big one as you are. Okay, well, changing them into new clothes, and somebody managed to keep their shirt off for a while. Did you notice that? Yes, I Not did. that I was looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, Sharon 
Why she didn't say anything at that moment, I have no idea, because that was a perfect setup. Yes. Sharon expresses her heel turn when it comes to superheroes, calling it all a hypocrisy. And I wrote a note to myself after that, told ya. Yeah. <laughs> and now she's making money off it, if it's her. Yeah. Oh, what if Seymour and her are in it together? Oh. <laughs> oh. So now it's Sam's turn to negotiate as he offers his old friend a possibility at a pardon and a chance to step back on USL in exchange for intel on Nagel. Despite her initial hesitation, she complies, leading to the trio awkwardly enjoying a bumping Magipore party night, especially in Zemo. Yeah. <laughs> He's really cutting up the dance floor. The next day, Sharon tracks Nagel to a shipping container. I wrote next to that, shocker. Yeah. As she impressively fends off the encroaching bounty hunters, the guys meet with Nagel. If it is her, she could have, I mean, I, if she called them all to bring them down on them at the beginning, what's to say the next day she isn't doing the same thing to make herself look good? I'm covering your back, you know, right. certainly not be because I'm, I'm still a hero. Right. Okay. Yeah, well, she didn't seem to have super serum in her, so that's No, something. she doesn't. She has super fat wallet. <laughs> the scientist reveals that he was recruited by Hydra, then to the CIA to synthesize a new super soldier serum using the blood of the one-time Captain America, Isaiah Bradley. Ooh, you knew that was coming back. Oh, yeah. Poor guy. Nago was blipped away before he could finish the initial round, and after coming back, the power broker, Sharon, helped him. Fund him because she has a ton of money to finish the job. Or Zemo. Or both of them. Right. <laughs> that was interesting, though. The guy's got an evil plan. You don't you ever think of it that way. You always think of the heroes or the worst of the worst survive. Right. This guy's pretty much the worst of the worst, and he's still got blip. Yeah. <laughs> then he comes back. And finishes the job, no less. Yeah, of course he did. He made 20 vials of the serum, but they're all stolen by the flag smashers. Yeah, sure. And Sharon comes in to warn them about the outside situation conveniently. Zemo suddenly shoots and kills Nagel. Did you see what he was doing there, Steve? I mean, what kind of security was that? That sucked. Yes. If you're a mad scientist type, even store 24, there's a jingle on the door. When it opens, in case you're in the back room, this guy doesn't suspect anyone? Come on. Especially Unless Sharon guarantees for the power broker, too. Boy, I don't know if that's a blip, so to speak, or the guy's an idiot. He's too busy, <laughs> I don't know, being a mad scientist. Anyway, this is my favorite part. As yes. Sharon comes in to warn them about the outside situation, Zemo suddenly shoots and kills Nago. You know what Sharon said, Steve? What? He says, what did you do? Yeah. You know what she meant? To her. She meant to her. Oh. What did you do? Meaning to her. That's that's my ticket, she's saying. That's my money. Right. Uh, I, I like it. I could be. I, I sank a little there. Yeah. So, I mean, what did you do? What do you care? Yeah. He's an evil scientist. Or what did you do? You my money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the group can barely react, though. And as the lab blows up from a rocket launcher, Zemo has escaped, leaving Bucky and Sam to fight amongst themselves, as they always do. And Sharon tried to fend off all the bounty hunters, which I still think was planned, too, to make herself look good. Could be. Could be. The Sokovian comes in to save the day, properly masked up with a, a sweet ride to boot, which I, I think was a Firebird. It could be a Camaro. Or it wasn't a Z28. It's hard to say. Right. I looked at a few of them back then. I think it's a 68. If our listeners can remind me, I, I don't remember seeing headlights. On. Yeah, and I thought I did, so... <laughs> I think that answer will determine whether it was a Firebird or a Camaro. <laughs> Sharon coldly bids them farewell, reminding Sam of his promise of a pardon. I, I can say Super Soldier Sharon, but I can't say promise of a pardon. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we get a fun callback to the very encounter that prompted this series, as this time it's Bucky's turn to refuse to move his car seat up. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. (laughs) You're not going to move the car seat up. Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) In Lithuania, Carly and her crony Kovic, that sounds familiar. (laughs) Kovic. Scout out a GRC supply depot. She laments the death of Mamadoya, the woman whose bedside she was at, revealed by Nagel to have died from tuberculosis due to overpopulation at the refugee camp. Good boy. Yeah, one of the fallouts of the blip. Yeah. Carly always wanted to be a teacher, but the returns from the blip sent her to the streets of Madripoor. There she you know, sought. Steve- Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, this was a Monty Python episode. She would have broken the song right there. Yes. <laughs> Very t- I just want to be a teacher. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. <laughs> there she sought the serum to protect them, hoping to help bolster the kids suffering in the camp. And she also somehow knows that Nagel is dead, expecting the power broker will come crawling to her soon to beg for what's left of the serum. A word travels fast, huh? Uh, yeah. Like instantaneously. Yeah. <laughs> or somebody called her. Guess yeah. what? Back at Zemo's former jail, Walker and Hoskins look into the prison break. Walker is immediately on to Sam and Bucky, figuring they were behind his release. Didn't have a thing to do with it. It was <laughs> all Zemo. Yeah. He then decides to veer from red, white, and blue towards dark gray. Ooh. <laughs> the not our cap wants to to go a bit outside of his jurisdiction reasoning you think if we get the job done they're really gonna sweat on us on us how yeah he he just wants a w yes that's all he ever ever wants is the w yeah. and with some downtime in zemo's plane sam ruminates on what they just learned he's furious at what happened to sharon as well as isaiah not even being regarded as a person Makes me wonder how many people have to get steamrolled for this hunk of metal, he says. No, no, Sam. <laughs> he really went off the deep end here. Yeah, he's sweating it. Bucky disagrees, saying the shield re- represents something to a lot of people, including himself. And while Bucky has plans to take the shield back from Walker, Sam has another. Destroy it and everything it stands for. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, we may have uh, the Winter Soldier become the next <laughs> Captain America. God, what do you think about that? You think Sam should have it? Or here's my take on Bucky. If he hints at a plan, he's already done it. Yes. <laughs> so if I was Sam, like, uh, you better get ahead of Bucky because he's halfway to the shield. Yes, absolutely. And as much as I'd love to see Sam take it, he's not there. I think at this point in time, Bucky's closer to being there than than sam yeah you're right you're right i i think when he is come face to face with a level of betrayal i mean how many times has he been betrayed already yes in three episodes yeah i think when he becomes comes to terms with a level of betrayal he's just going to grab it and keep for himself because that he's going to say that's it i'm i'm done it's over it's right. mine <laughs> <laughs> i guess so anyway, back at the supply depot, the flag smashers clear out to the supply depot, which the GRC had apparently been sitting on for months. Not exactly good guys. Carly leaves the council members tied up, saying they're doing what it takes to survive. Not a bad argument, but she shows that that attitude comes with a violent streak as she blows up her car along with all the people left inside. <laughs> when Dovich protests the attack, she responds, it's the only language these people understand. 
I'm like, if I was Dovich, I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, you almost good. killed us. <laughs> oh, my God, I know. Buckle your seatbelt. Why? Boom. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd have been a little bit upset about that because Kovic definitely was not expecting to kill people. No, I know. He he goes, there were people inside. Yeah, and they were tied up. <laughs> yeah, so they couldn't get out. Yeah. So we're back in Lithuania as the guys are looking into Carly's previous visit to the camp. Thanks to the intel on the dying woman, the Flag Smasher leader was visiting from Joaquin Torres. <laughs> Voice but, credit. Yeah, Bucky stays behind, though, noticing a couple of small metal pieces of surveillance equipment. Them sneaky little metal balls. <laughs> I know. How would he spot those? Oh, I yeah. know. <laughs> White wolf. <laughs> yep. It leads him to an alleyway as he says, I wonder when you'd show up. And the camera pans around to reveal quite the surprise. Wakandan Dora Majali, warrior Ayo. She has four simple words for the former White Wolf. I'm here for Zemo. Do you expect to see that at all? I'm, no. Even though, me neither. I thought it was awesome, though. No. Well, and Sam even mentions Wakanda earlier in the episode. Yeah. So it yep. was like, yeah. Okay, when's the next shoe going to drop? Up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he knows. When you play a double game, someone's going to get burned. Yes. <laughs> Why they left Bucky on his own. I'm going for a walk. Yeah, okay. See ya. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. What the? Yeah. <laughs> Don't no. be suspicious, considering he just broke out Zemo out of prison just earlier. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, another amazing episode, and we're already halfway through this season. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. This... It is good. It's still very cinematic. I like that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they've basically turned a six-hour movie into <laughs> six episodes. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> absolutely. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. As short as it is, please go to www.fangirlzone.com and click on the contact link where you will find several ways to contact us via email or through social media. I've heard of that. Please rate it and review us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast with good ratings and reviews. It helps other fans of the show find us because there are plenty of other Marvel podcasts out there. Tell your friends and I hope you're enjoying our podcast and don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcast. And don't forget to check out our contact links on www.fangirlzone.com so you can get a hold of us any way you please on social media. So for this episode of the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast, I'm Steve. They cleared the bionic steering machine and he killed almost everybody he's met. Instead of saying, I heard that, he should have said, sitting right here. Yes. <laughs> but that was great. That was the best dig of the yes. episode. <laughs> and this is Avenger Day when I saw AO at the uh, end. Uh, well, in order to honor John Walker, I almost spit in my pants. There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery 
known as the female mind. You are now entering the fangirl zone. 